This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. I bet fuzzball. Hello, and welcome to Beltway Banthas, your source for Star Wars and politics news and analysis coming at you from our nation's very own hive of scum and villainy, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Suara Saleh, and this week we have a special episode for you listeners. So a couple of weeks ago, me and some of my friends uh, who are involved in the hashtag SWRepMatters campaign uh, had a panel. Now, this panel was originally intended for Universal FanCon, an event that was going to celebrate diversity and inclusion uh, in the geek space. However, it turned out one week before it got canceled. And I'm sure a lot of you will have seen the sort of drama that ensued on Twitter about what happened with FanCon. It was such a mess. So I'm not going to really get into it right now. But we had a really fantastic panel where we got to discuss our campaign hashtag SWRepMatters. So, so uh, about uh, seven months ago at this point, I believe, we, me and a bunch of friends, bloggers, podcasters came together to create a hashtag to create awareness about how diversity and inclusion and representation are such important issues in, in Star Wars and how we really need to work better at that or how Lucasfilm needs to work better at that in uh, the inclusion of people behind the camera, for instance, along with advocating for more representation in front of the camera and in the movies and in uh, the TV shows. We're really excited about how the franchise has been doing recently with the films. We're very excited about Star Wars Resistance, which has a more diverse uh, cast of color and presumably characters of color. We're making really great progress, but at the same time, as you listen to in this panel, we are really asking Lucasfilm for more. We just want to see everyone represented. We want everyone to be included. If you'll go on Twitter and just click on the hashtag, you'll see so many stories being shared about why this matters so deeply and so much to so many different kinds of people. So I'm really hoping that you'll enjoy this panel. It's uh, a little more advocacy than you might get usually from the podcast, but you know what? That's okay. That's a side of me and Steven and the other hosts that you'll want to see from time to time. And we also had a very special guest uh, join us. Daniel Jose Older, a famous Star Wars author, the author of Last Shot in a story in From a Certain Point of View, who has been a long-time advocate for diversity and inclusion. It's really something that he's been working so diligently on for so many years before he ever got into Star Wars. And we got to talk to him about some of his experiences in this realm of advocacy and what he hopes to see and how he genuinely thinks the franchise can do better. Yeah, this was such an amazing panel. I'm really excited for all of you to listen to it. And I have to give a special shout out to the organizer and moderator of our panel, my good friend, Kate Cedor of the Book Wars podcast, which is on the Tashi Station podcast network. And of course, to uh, Katrina Dennis, who was organizing behind the scenes. So a special shout out to Katrina right there. Thank you for organizing what was ultimately a mess beforehand, but we were able to create such a wonderful, great audio that y'all are about to listen to. And uh, just some housekeeping measures. Just want to remind everyone to please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps Beltway Banthas get up in the charts and gets more people to see and discover the show. So you're, you have the ability to make that happen. Just take a couple of minutes and go onto iTunes, throw us some stars, and leave us a nice review. We'd really appreciate it. All right. And with that, I present to you our hashtag SWRepMatters panel. Enjoy. rundown of our panels today. We have about eight hours of programming to, uh, all together. Uh, the first one we've got is the Star Wars Rep Matters panel, which, was, which is a rundown of 
representation in Star Wars, what's going well, what could be done better um, by uh, several of my friends who have organized this hashtag over the past year. Um, it got very popular. It's a monthly discussion, and I'm really excited to have uh, them on right now. The second panel we have at 2 p.m. is Costly and Non-Canon Bodies, which I'm personally really excited for. Uh, it's hosted by Talon Cal and Tanya Woods. Um, both of which are wonderful people. Talon, if you don't know, is a, a published author, a great cosplayer, and uh, they, they're giving kind of honest opinions and honest um, uh, instructions on how to cosplay to your body, um, to your body type, in a way that will make you feel good and confident, so it's very cool. Um, third, at 3 p.m., we have Black Comics Chat, um, with a lot of wonderful people where their latest member, Anthony Otero, will be interviewing everyone from Black Comics Chat about what it is and uh, what started the movement. Um, at four, we have Kickstarting Creative Projects with Alan and Carrie Tupper, the creators of Kamikaze Comic. I'm really excited to have them on because their comic is brilliant and they uh, have a lot of success, uh, they had a lot of success in kickstarting their own projects, so it's really cool if you want to get your indie project off the ground. At five, we have Disability in Cosplay and Media by Jay Justice and her and their friends. Um, uh, it's going to be an, exam uh, an examination of aspects of the disabled experience in relation to cosplay fandom and the media we consume. Um, at six, we're going to have a special trivia contest where you can win real prizes uh, hosted by Tara Gibbs. Um, and it's all about Pokemon, so if you think you can be a Pokemon master, it's time to be a master. Ah! Um, Color Theory and Cosplay follows that at 7 p.m. with Corona Akiba, who brought out the coolest Vision cosplay yesterday at Wakamacon. And then wrapping it up is Looking for Leia, my crew, um, the people behind the six-episode documentary series about Star Wars from the perspective of women uh, and non-men. And then I'll wrap that up with some closing statements at 9.55, uh, all times EST. And that's about that regarding the schedule. Um, I did want to give a special shout out to Optimistical Studios who have given us a 20% uh, discount that you can use on their store at basically any time. And I'm going to pull that up right now because I completely lost it. Um, the code uh, is good until the 7th. 20% uh, off of anything on the site with uh, a purchase of at least $10. And the code is FAMCON18. So remember, FAMCON18 uh, for the Optimistical Studios store. They're Optimisticals on Twitter. Um, and they make amazing, cool, crafted jewelry. Uh, it's a great team behind it. I met them this weekend at Wakamacon. Really, really cool people. Um, and I think I think that's just about it. So if you're ready, Tara, or Tanya, sorry, I said Tara earlier. If you're ready, Tanya, I'm going to turn it over to the, uh, the Star Wars Rep Matters crew. Yes, just really quick, make sure that conversations are Fantastic. All right, I'm going to stand by and watch the stream. I'll DM you if anything happens, but I'm sure you're there already. So, <laughs> good stuff. I'm already there. See everyone, and um, talk to you later. Thank you so much. I'll see you later, Tanya. Bye. All right. Take it. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the first panel of the day. Um, my name is Kate, and... I'm going to be moderating this panel all about the Star Wars Rep Matters uh, hashtag campaign on Twitter, uh, which we started last fall um, in advance of The Last Jedi to promote um, more diversity in Star Wars. Um, and I'm here with my lovely panelists, and all of them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Shannon. I'm Jess. I'm Maya. I'm Suara. And uh, Daniel Jose Older will be joining us in a little bit, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime... Got some yes. icebreaker questions for you all. Project. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Got some icebreaker questions for you all. Um, favorite Star Wars movie? Rogue One. Nice <laughs> one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Force Awakens. Uh, A New Hope. Star Wars. <laughs> the Last Jedi. I have to say Empire Strikes Back because it's me. Um, all right, favorite um, nonsensical Star Wars theory that you've heard? Nonsensical. Um, so I think 
Yeah. Sorry, we take off what? Yeah. Wait, I'm confused. What's happening? <laughs> no, it's not your. Stop streaming. Your, your computer. No, oh, sorry. Yeah. Got it. Sorry about that. Sorry. Okay. Okay. What nonsensical Star Wars theory? Yeah, so my favorite one is that Ezra was Snoke. Oh my god. That who was Snoke? Ezra. I know. Oh, yeah. I know mine, that Ezra was uh, DJ. Oh, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> mine was probably that Plagueis was Snoke. <laughs> I don't engage in theories. <laughs> are you above the discourse? <laughs> no, I just don't engage in fan theories. <laughs> okay. So the most absolute crackpot theory I ever read was that Tarkin was Snoke. That's awesome. <laughs> Someone made a legit argument for this. All right. All right. Oh my god. Uh, amazing. All right. And our last one. Um, when's the first time you saw yourself in Star Wars? Hmm. Ooh. I think I'm just going to say just recently. So I'm Kurdish. Um, that's an Indo-Iranian people. Uh, I would have to say in Rogue One with Bodhi Rook. I really connected with that character being played by a Pakistani British actor, um, Riz Ahmed. And yeah, that's my first time. Yeah, I mean, I would have to say Rose Tico, which I, it's not. it wasn't even about the movie. It was when at Celebration when she came out and it was just like we are seeing... Uh, an Asian actress being like introduced into the Star Wars universe and like there were a bunch of Asians in the room and we all just like cried, curled up and started crying together and it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I would have to say the same, Rose Tico, and the significant fact that she's an Asian American actress as mm-hmm. well. Um, but even then, like there's no, uh, no Hoppas in Star Wars yet, so <laughs> we're, we're close. <laughs> well, we had Jessica Henwick, but no, she was true. very, like, very small role. That's true. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get more of her. Hopefully. <laughs> and I'm a white brunette, so I'm all over Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. All right. Um, I just wanted to um, start off by asking you guys, um, how did you first get involved with the hashtag campaign, and why do you think now is the right time to be pushing for this? So Suara is yes. the one who started organizing it and yeah. contacting like a lot of people he thought with different um, different viewpoints, different backgrounds to try and promote this beautiful universe that we all love but doesn't always love us back. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have to say for myself personally, I wasn't thinking about this a lot for myself. Um, in a lot of ways, I feel like I should have been, but getting into Star Wars Twitter and following so many diverse voices, you and a bunch of others included, I started realizing how there was like a real need, a real hunger to see yourself on screen or to be included in this universe we all love so much. And I had never really in, got involved in larger Star Wars fandom. My span was always very personal up until like two years ago when The Force Awakens came out. And once I started getting into Twitter fandom, I started realizing, hey, a lot of people have felt excluded by this fandom and this universe, which often has been the propriety, frankly, of middle-aged white men. So, you know, that's not, just not what the fandom looks like anymore. It's not what well, society not what looks like. That's not what it's ever looked like. That's like, not you know? what it's ever looked but like. Absolutely. we are louder yes. now. <laughs> yeah. Like, and this is the thing. Social media and podcasts have given us a voice to voice these concerns mm-hmm. and these demands. And that, like, eventually led to the hashtag. Yeah, and it started out with just, like, a one, we were just going to do, like, one day, but we realized there's just so many different types of people that don't see themselves in this franchise, and we really wanted to, like, hyper-focus on those, so we've been, like, theming um, every month, we have, like, a different focus, so, um, I, and it's led to, like, some really great conversation, like, just view, I, I have personally learned so much (laughs) through just people posting their personal stories and being brave enough to share that stuff, which is, can be scary to, like, actually Mm -hmm. talk about something that you experience all the time, and you, I don't know, we, like, internalize that stuff a lot, and, um, yeah, so thank you to everyone that has been involved in this. First of all, it's not just yes. us. Yeah. It's like, yes. it's, you know, anyone who's participated in using the hashtag is like part of this team. Yeah, we love you yeah. guys. <laughs> and the other thing we wanted to do was if we'd made it only one month, the conversation would have been forgotten yeah. and yes. it would have been just repeated like in a year or something. And by keeping it a sustained conversation, it's like finding us that we're always here. We're not we're not hiding from yeah, you. It never, it never goes away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It never goes away, and like 
uh, I think you said, Jess, there are so many stories that we just don't know about or don't really think about. And uh, when people are jumping into the hashtag, we're getting talk about like disabled rep and uh, more about mental health rep even. And just so many uh, different stories are out there and just it's so multifaceted. I mean, obviously, primarily we're focused on, I feel like the racial and LGBTQIA factor, at least we have been, but it's grown as well. Right. And that's also because primarily the people who started it mostly identify as either non-white or as queer or both, obviously. (laughs) But like, we are always looking for more people who are interested in like leading up a month or something with their own experiences. Yes. Right. Because it's just was, our own perspectives. Yes. Right. And the hashtag was always established to be intersectional, and I think that's one of the most powerful things about yeah. it. Like, yeah. as a person who's, like, m- multiple minority. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was, yeah. like, very much the intention, like, starting out was make sure we make this intersectional, because that's real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it about advocacy and discussion and learning new things. I can say for myself, I've learned so much. I've learned so much from you guys. I've learned so much from people using the hashtag, and mm-hmm. I... You know, I, I I want to like get us to like these strides of making representation in this franchise we love so much, but also I have to say like I've greatly appreciated learning so much. Yes. And yeah. so thank you to you guys who have used the hashtag as well and participated in this discussion. It, it it's incredible. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is about um, I guess the cultural conversation right now that's really making this um, not only resonate with people but with a lot of people? Mm-hmm. Well, I think. First of all, like we are getting more Star Wars content. Like the Mm -hmm. opportunity for us to even have this conversation is because of the Disney acquisition and they're pushing out more shows, books, um, live action television series, movies. And so the door is wide open to have different types of castings, different people behind the camera with different viewpoints. And we haven't really seen enough <laughs> right because the more so, it was like you got one movie yeah and yeah, like a movie yeah. every three years basically yeah, right and, yeah and so and also just the cultural conversation yeah. especially in pop culture has changed um a lot starting with uh, when well not starting but when april reigns did her oscar so white yes. campaign that's when a lot of the conversation really blew up about representation in front of and behind the screen which was less talked about because it's not visible representation, but you can feel it when you have that representation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the uh, discussion is really, um, you know, we were talking, I think when we were first starting doing the hashtag, we were really celebrating the representation we already saw, but also advocating for more that we wanted to see. But I think I can can say for myself, like as I'm doing research into the uh, makeup of the behind the scenes and the creators, and there's one really great article uh, written, uh, I forget who it was by, it might have, I'll figure it out later, but um, talking about how something like 98%. That was by Mo Ryan. Mo Ryan, Um, yeah, I thought it might be. Yeah, yeah, it was a great article, highly recommend you check it out. Uh, It just like... There was one... One woman was credited as a screenwriter for um, Empire Strikes Back, Mm -hmm. and everyone else, every director, every writer for the movies has been a white man. Yes, exactly. And we're starting to, thankfully, see some changes. Uh, The second unit director for episode nine was recently announced as Vic Mahoney. so we love her. Yeah, <laughs> we're already fans. Uh, yes. So it's like a great, uh, I would say, significant step forward. But obviously, there's still so, 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 so much left to do behind the scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've touched on this a little bit, but um, for you personally, um, what's so significant about this campaign? Why does it matter to you? And also, um, what do you think? is, um, in terms of representation, that the, fran- the biggest thing in franchise is missing right now. Oh, let's take that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest thing is writers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You can 
feel the absence, especially of women in yes. the writer's room, yeah. like when you're watching and you you look at some of the decisions that and the, some of the words they say and you're like, did you have a woman look at this at all? Yeah. Like, and you yeah. Can do you know how it. people yeah. act? You can definitely feel it in like the character arcs of some of the women that have been on screen, the characters, like mm-hmm. a man wrote this story. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and I think we're also including animation in this. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was me. Yep. yep. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that the upcoming show has w- one of the um, executive producers yes. Yes. is um, An- Andrea? Athena. Athena. Yeah. Athena something. Um, yes. So I think that that's a really huge step. And mm-hmm. with Vic Mahoney, um, I mean, she's not writing it, but obviously, like, yeah. she's she's very senior in, in the movie and yeah. so I think that that I like looking at these things critically and being able to make changes um, is very important absolutely yeah. I would say in terms of like other things that are missing well actually no this relates to the writers actually mm-hmm. um, having that eye for certain racial dynamics uh, in movies, in books, in animation. Well, and and relation to the real world. And Yes, exactly. You see, like, some people might argue that because it's in space, oh, you don't actually have racism in space. It doesn't matter. Well, guess what? This is being consumed by an Earth-based audience. It's made by an Earth-based audience. Even if you (laughs) think that your biases aren't there, they're in your work. And that's why you need multiple eyes, multiple from different perspectives coming together to work on these things. Because people will say, oh, it doesn't matter as long as it's a good story. And you can make it a stronger story that's more relatable to everybody. Mm-hmm. May, may I share something personal? Yes. Uh, so <laughs> something that's really bothered me as a brown man is uh, seeing in The Force Awakens and Rogue One the main brown characters being the ones targeted for torture. I mean, I'm speci- specifically thinking of Rogue One, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Bodhi Rook. I think he's an awesome, noble character. And seeing the way he gets treated by... Saw Guerrero and Bor Gullet. Uh, it like I don't know. It didn't sit right with me. It almost like remind me of like Middle Eastern people maybe getting tortured for information and like if I want to get political for a second, you know, there's a lot of stuff going around around that right now. And you can tell like that this was written by someone who's not really sensitive to those sort of dynamics. And I could imagine like a little brown boy seeing that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had um, someone come into my DMs because he was oh, on... God. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. So he oh, was okay. on Star Wars okay. Twitter, <laughs> and there were a lot of, like, jokes about Borg Gullet. And he was like, I don't get why everyone is joking about Borg Gullet. Like, yeah. this is basically analogous to waterboarding yes, someone. Exactly. Why, why is Thank this just you. a joke? And I'm just like, they they don't see it. They don't yeah. see it, they and they treat it as a joke. It's yeah. like, yeah. 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 yeah, I think someone else mentioned the other thing. Um, they were like you know, two um, racial minorities having tension with mm-hmm. Rose and Finn and just, like, some of, the, like, the the tasering thing mm-hmm. and just, like, a lot of their, like, contention was a little, like, insensitive. Like, you can tell yeah. there were there wasn't an Asian person and a black person in the room right. when because, the scenes were being constructed. I mean, there's a lot of anti-blackness in Asian communities, yes. Asian-American communities. Middle Eastern communities, too. And yeah. that, like... You, you can see it in the movie that that wasn't taken into consideration at all, and especially in the book, um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. where she consistently calls him dummy, and, like, kind of... And, like, you can see how it'd be a joke on screen because Kelly is, like, very sweet and bubbly, yeah. and... But, like, reading it, you're like, why didn't someone brown... Or, like, <laughs> like someone... Someone black... No, a black woman. Yes. A black yeah. woman should have yeah. um, been, like, no. Because that's, that's our friend... Um, Southern Southern Cynic on yeah. uh, Twitter. She was she was the one. She was like, I'm really upset about this, and it's like, yeah. some people say it doesn't matter. Like you should just have thicker skin. But why? Like why the majority matter? doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like yeah. why would you? Why do you want to? Why are you happy when people are pissed off? Yeah, it's yeah. like I hate that. I mean, you need to have thicker skin. You you're taking this too sensitively. Well, guess what? Racism and systemic racism are still real issues in this country. Look at who's our president right now. Like you can tell that obviously, and it's like 
why don't you want to make people feel better consuming your media? Why wouldn't you want to do that? Why would you want to just say, oh, brush off, it's a joke, or oh, we don't need to do this, then fine. Then maybe you're just being lazy or you're just like making excuses for yourself. It matters. I'm sorry, it does. The other thing too was just like the blatant disregard for queer representation. That's like a huge thing that like needs, yeah. That's a huge Um, thing that needs to be, that needs to change. We've been told in the... Latest Afro comic that it's there's some amazing queer representation, yeah. okay. which I'm really excited about. I love that Afro's. So um, Dr. Afro's a, a character introduced in the comics, um, the Vader com- comics, and then now she has her own, and she is uh, an Asian lesbian character, and it's mm. really exciting. And yeah, apparently in the latest issues. We get some really good content. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, like, the only example we have in, like, yeah. all of this yeah. collection of Star Wars. And it's, you know, and it's brought up in interviews with creators. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, we'll get there. Or someone someone will do it. It's like, well, who? <laughs> yeah. You can do that. You have the power. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially because Lucasfilm is so yeah. well-known for homegrowing its talent. Yes. Um, yeah. And looking at its leadership, mm-hmm. which is a lot of really wonderful women there's just no reason why yeah yeah Yeah. it's still it's still very much like a sorry but a middle-aged white men club like even with Kathleen Kennedy at the helm it's still a lot of the same careers that she's known as a producer for uh the past several decades but again I think that there are hopeful signs that things may be changing oh yeah 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 yeah. and one thing I was going to say about rep is that the books seem to be like way ahead of everything else Oh yeah, and they got to work on that. Like the books have so much more. They still typically how it goes, but also we are ready for more. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about the books, I love the books. I think that there's some fantastic authors who genuinely care about these issues, or will try to at least do their best uh, addressing these issues and increasing representation. But we, I, I feel like I was saying this because I have so many friends who love the books. I love them too, but still, like we do need to remember that this is a primarily screen-driven franchise. Yes. You know, in animation and the films, and that's where most people, most of the audience, will be seeing this. That's not to demean the representation we've been getting in books and comics. It's amazing. We should absolutely celebrate it. But we need to like be cognizant of like advocating for screen rep as well. Oh, always. Or, like always. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of a lot of people who like, come in and troll the hashtag or whatever, are like, oh, oh, but you have this one person in the book, so what does it matter? And it's like, because... <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it, is, our one person. But here's the thing. Is a, is, this is a primarily ch- uh, geared towards children franchise. Are children really going to be picking up the books usually? I'm sorry, but the are they? The thing is that, um, I mean, the story group is trying to create this one cohesive story, and therefore, why can't we have characters in the books jump to the screen? Yes, yes. that's yes. true. Yes. Yes. Where's Ray Sloan? Where is Ray Sloan? Ray Sloan? The eternal question that we always want to answer. Long live our true grand <laughs> <laughs> So what are those things that make you hopeful in the franchise? I know, so are you mentioning that? What, what, what are you, what are those possible lights at the end of the tunnel, do you think? Um, oh, is this directed to me first? All of you. I don't know. <laughs> Just because you said it is all. Like, I don't know, like... Vic Mahoney being announced was huge. That gave me so much hope that, like, okay, you know... And Ava DuVernay was, like, such a huge part of that, like, just mm-hmm. ma- making connections and, like, yeah. pulling people up that need to be seen who aren't normally seen, like, on the list of people for these for these huge roles. And, I don't know, that just gave me hope that, like, we're going to start seeing changes. And, I mean, there's been so many, um, like, there's another trilogy that's, like, in the works. There's another, yeah, right, there's a live-action yeah. television series, and for the most part, it seems to be helmed by white middle-aged men. But hopefully, yeah. hopefully, there will be a more diverse creative team. And I think uh, Kathleen Kennedy actually mentioned this in for the live-action show with um, John Favreau. Like, mm-hmm. there was, like, a statement in there that he will be working yeah. with more diverse groups or something like that, mm-hmm. so... And also the thing with the TV show, which is great, and like kind of what Ava does with Queen Sugar is you can get a lot more less experienced directors in, yes. and like because yeah. it's it's what like um, Star Wars Lit does with their books, like um, the book A Certain Point of View that came out mm-hmm. last year, October, October. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of A New Hope. They had a lot of people of color uh, writing stories, um, some of whom have written more like 
Daniel older. Yeah, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's kind of like a proving ground. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which sucks. It, like we shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be like that, but yeah. But, I, I mean, I mean like, let's be real. <laughs> White men, they can have the exact same amount of limited experience as some of these creative of colors like might have. But they'll often get the shot first. Yeah. It's um, like, the Russo yeah. brothers. Yes. They only did TV before, and yeah. it's it's fine. It's great. But then people are like, "Oh, this woman doesn't have enough experience," and it's like they have the same amount of experience as the Russo brothers did yeah. before they took on Marvel. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I think even Brian Johnson, like, uh, before he got his break as a film director, he was mo- mainly doing TV. Yeah. Well, he did a couple Breaking Bad episodes. Yeah, a couple Breaking Bad movies, but. He was not like a, a like a he didn't direct a lot of movies. He took right. like years and years in between. Yeah. And he didn't really do anything in science fiction except for a looper, but that was like five or six years ago. Yeah. And it's like I'm a fan of Brian Johnson. I said the last year was my favorite film. I think it has issues with writing people of color and women, but other than that, like I think it's a fantastic story overall. I love it. But um so I think he's a brilliant creative, but you know, like that easily could I'm certain that there's another creative of color just as uh, brilliant if not more than Ryan Johnson who could have also done this film that I love so much and it like the opportunities just haven't been there and that's why like there needs to be like so much more networking and like having Ava like bring in uh, uh, Vic Mahoney was so significant and it's just like the playing ground is so so much different for creatives of color basically who was it so who said color. that if d reese was a white man she'd already have a star wars movie oh, yeah. i remember yeah. saying yeah. Was that yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that was like yep 100 yeah. <laughs> and it's like i really want to emphasize that like we talk a lot about behind the scenes like we were talking about earlier people who can like who have had maybe experience with these sort of racial issues you can like point to something in the script and be like uh should we like really write that or maybe we can write it differently mm-hmm. and uh it like really matters like the experience that each individual creator brings based on their background based on their frankly their race or gender or uh sexual orientation that matters and like how they write these characters and make them more believable to people who are also of that demographic and like everyone has blind spots yes there's yes like it doesn't matter that's why you need such a wide yeah yeah, a wide (laughs) pool because we all have blind spots that other people will will like look at it right away and be like, no, that you can't do. That's not yeah. gonna work. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. precisely. And it's, I mean, for, I mean, for me, it's frustrating. Um, just in terms of what you guys were talking about, when um, they say they need the right person with the right experience for the job, and these, I know, and, this, and these folks are just. Like, I'm sorry, but it's such like we're BS. Saying, they, you know, they've done met what one or two movies they've yeah. done, mm-hmm. done things for tv so of all, all these other people why yeah. not them yeah right so. right well like you said the playing field is much different mm-hmm. like you are allowed to fail as like a white creative and people of color don't really have the same um yeah. like you have same to mercy you have to come out on top or yeah. you're and exactly it's such a big burden because yes. if you're not on top then people like the it's They'll be like, well, see, oh, this is why. This is why this is we why. don't do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, one more thing. Like, you know, for what we're talking about, um, the playing field and systemic discrimination, racism, it's like, do me, do us a favor and don't, like, typically at us on Twitter to explain these sort of issues to you. <laughs> There's so many resources out there on the internet, so many articles you can read, uh, podcasts you can listen to yeah, on these issues. Work. Do your own work. <laughs> Google, Professor Google. Google is the <laughs> resource. <laughs> and, 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 and it's like, for those who have, like, maybe more genuine, like, nuanced, deeper questions about these issues, and if, like, you want to DM me, like, I'm personally down for that. Not everyone is. Like, you need to respect people's time and space on that but the thing is again there's so many issues out there to or sorry so many resources out there to talk about these issues and like people of color have it bad enough so like we need like some breathing time as well it's not our responsibility and the thing is is we are so far past 101 education like the resources are there educate yourself and then come in yes Yes. please do your homework before class (laughs) and you know what the hashtag is a really great like 101 I put up a moment every month with some of the like best stuff from the hashtag so if, if you like go look through that you can find moments from each discussion um kind of highlighting 
all the highlights. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Yep. The internet is your oyster for not being a bad person. The internet is your oyster. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Yes. Sorry if that sounds harsh, but come yeah. on, guys. You can, yeah. do the, you can do the reading. Yeah. You can do the reading. We're not that sorry. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, obviously, we've kept this um, hashtag campaign rolling for... It's been almost six months, honestly, yeah. since we yeah. it, which is kind of wild to think about. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, how do you you want um, this campaign to grow and change um, as we continue? I would love to see more more privileged voices boosting it. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to see because we get a lot of great personal engagement, mm-hmm. but. It's it's marginalized the, people. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. people that we are, are part of listen the, to. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we have here um, Daniel Lizzie Older, who of course wrote uh, Last Shot, which is a new novel about Ron and Lando, um, who is tag teaming in um, because Shannon has to go catch a flight. Um, bye, Shannon. Bye, Shannon. Everybody. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask, um, since you've been engaging with the hashtag a little bit, how did you stumble upon us um and how you discovered it yeah well no i mean it's honestly it's a it's a it's a question that i've been grappling with since like way before i ever you know had a chance to write anything for star wars um i you know i what's really funny is like once i started writing once they announced that i was writing people went back into my tweets like I was running for president or some shit. <laughs> and like found shit I had said about Star Wars like four or five years ago. And, like, wow. and then there was like blog posts done about it. Oh my God, of course. But I mean, it's cool. We all having this ongoing conversation. Um, but I'm just really happy that there's a hashtag about it that can really get everyone, you know, together in the same place to have that conversation with each other. Because it's obviously one that really needs to be had. Yeah. Right, totally. Definitely. Um, I have had a question for you, I guess, um, in terms of you starting to write for Star Wars. Um, how conscious do you think you are as you're writing about filling in holes in terms of representation? Um, are you the kind of writer where you kind of write what you want to see or read in the franchise, or are you writing for an audience? Or both? <laughs> the last thing, am I writing... Are you writing... Um, kind of for yourself, like the stories you would have wanted to see in the franchise? Or are you writing more for the audience, or maybe it's a little bit of both? It's both. It's definitely both, because I've always loved Star Wars, and there was also always parts of Star Wars that I, that I felt were lacking and that I wanted to see myself in. Um, so I'm always writing for that young nerd, you know, who I was. Yeah. But also, like, the world keeps turning, right? And now there are new young nerds, and they have different needs and understandings than I did when I was a young nerd. Yeah. We live in a different world. And they're smarter than I was. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're so smart. It's so smart. smart. And like, oh, yeah. we're having better and deeper conversations now in public, yeah. including this one, um, in, in a way that we weren't when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, there was no Twitter. There was no AOL when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, I'm old. So, like... It's amazing to see like how in depth young people are with their analysis today right now and that's so cool. So I'm definitely like trying to update myself in terms of like who I'm talking to. But it's all you're, I think as a writer you're always kind of balancing those two things. Like you're writing for yourself, but you're also writing for the audience, but you do have to decide like which audience, right? Like because mm-hmm. you can't just be like, Oh, I'm just writing for the whole world. I'm right. not writing for the whole world. I don't give a fuck if white supremacists don't like my writing. That's <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so right before you called in, we were talking a little bit about what the future of this discussion is um, and where we want to see it going. Um, so I think, what do you what do you have to add to that? <laughs> I don't want to repeat anything because I don't know what we're saying. No, oh, please. But, please. No, honestly, we just started it, and yes. then we were like, oh wait. Um, <laughs> so it'll, sound, it'll sound smarter coming from you anyway. So. <laughs> Thank you guys for letting me crash the conversation. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, <please>. Anytime. <laughs> um, well, definitely, like, I think, you know, we're in this, with Star Wars especially, we're in this really in-between place where, like, they're making amazing headway on some fronts and less so on others, but you can see them trying. You know, like, I feel like Star Wars is really doing a lot, um, and there's there's places we want them to do more. And I think, like, what I love about this conversation in particular is, like, it's all a very loving critique, you know, like, um, 
and, and I guess like moving forward, like that's kind of I, I think we stay the path of, of what, what we're the conversation we're having, um, and sort of keep pushing. You know, like we'll see things get better, and we'll see things that still don't work in, yeah. in moving ahead. And then it's hard because everyone also has different breaking points. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. There's people that are going to see things happen, you know, and different things or see things that have already happened and just be like, I'm done. Like, I can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And like that we have to respect because, you know, different, just different folks are going to be in different places about it. Um, and I don't know where my breaking point is, you know, with a given yeah. with a given um, franchise. Right. Like because there's some franchises, I'm, you know, like if D.C. fucks up right now, I'm already over them. So, <laughs> yeah. you know right. It's like. They've banked like, some goodwill based on how their efforts are going, but there's always yeah. a point where that's not enough when we need either proof or we're out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. right. So, you know, there's like, there's just lots of different places to come in. And I just think it's really important we kind of are able to honor those different voices and different people's, you know, takes on things. I know, like, for me, like, I, we need more black women in Star Wars movies is a really, really important thing. Um, there's some coming up and there's some in the comics and I definitely made an effort to put some in my book and that's really important um i think we all know with star wars like the movies are kind of the main thing right like everything revolves around the the movie world for the most part um and i think that's where the most um room for work is in a way and i said that with love you know what i mean so i think like queer representation is amazing on the page and we see it much less on the screen if at all yeah you know, so there's there's room to grow, um, and I think that's kind of what, why it's exciting that we're here talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that what needs to happen on the screen is for creators to stop thinking about queer representation or certain racial representation representation ah, representation. <laughs> sorry, as risk because unfortunately, I still think they see it as that. Yeah, I mean. But, we, we have to act like queers got a dirty word. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Where's what? That we have to act like queers not a dirty word, you know? Right. Like, right. Pe- yeah. yeah. People it, are always it, like, but what about the children? The children are fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still have yeah, my favorite. Because, you know, we have that conversation in the, in the children's book world, which mm-hmm. I'm also in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you really see still people saying, like, in the year of our Lord 2018, you know, in major publications, like, oh, you know, having a trans character is an adult theme. I still think my favorite. Like, I just, I, there are trans kids, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yes. What are they supposed to do if, if the books for them won't talk about them because it's an adult theme? Like, that is mind-bogglingly yeah. hate. Yeah, and then it just it leads to so much confusion later on too because you're like oh maybe I feel this as a kid but then society is like well you're not allowed to and you don't know what you're talking about so you just need to like stop yeah <laughs> and I, I just want to say that like nothing I got zero pushback for all the things that I did you know in last shot and I thought that was really cool I mean I didn't expect a whole lot because I'd seen what they've been doing you know and and Chuck uh, among others, you know, included like non-binary characters in, in Aftermath, and that was really cool. So I knew, you know, they were ready for it. Um, but it was just like such a pleasure to work with everybody. They were so, yeah. you know, just great and accepting, and really let me run. I don't know if you all read the book, but I got to run wild. Yeah. <laughs> so I sat in on the uh, Latinx in Space panel yesterday at Comic Con, and one one person on the panel just like was started getting so emotional about your book having a non-binary character in it and like I don't know what their pronouns are uh, but they were very it was like it was very emotional for them to like just have that representation and I'd love it if like people who aren't engaged in the books or in the comics will see that on screen as well yeah 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 that's exactly how it feels that's exactly it that's cool yeah, basically, you know, little kids have seen Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia and Han, like, for decades now, them as the right. heroes, but now we finally have the opportunity to see people of color or, like, LGBT people, people who whose identity is something that they can never deny, that are simply who they are, and they are also represented. They can also be the space hero. Yeah, and I kind of love that in Star Wars, like the, in the in the universe so far that it's been, like it's not, it's just not an issue for people to have they right. pronouns or different pronouns. Like 
you know, the way that we've written it so far has just been like, you know, like Han rolls with it. You know what I mean? Like Han Lando, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like, oh. so weird that they would have those hangups in a universe with aliens. Like, like. <laughs> exactly. there's a lot going on uh, besides gender. And yeah. it's, yeah. it's just like the least of anybody's concerns. So they just keep it moving, you know. And I think that's like a it's a cool thing to have happen kind of in, in that world. Yeah. 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 It's it's, yeah. it's super awesome to hear that um, Del Rey was totally down with you, you know, creating, you know, whatever you wanted. Um, yeah. Why do you think um, publishing right now is at the forefront of um, diversity of representation? Honestly, um, you know, so publish, publish, publishing is moving on, on diversity and equalization because writers of color, mostly women of color writers, um, pushed it and, and fought that fight and continue to fight that fight. Um, and that's what's gotten us to where we are. Um, you know, the We Need Diverse Books movement mm-hmm. started started a couple of years ago and, like, really, like, made a lot of change. Like, we were loud and people were coming at us constantly and being like, oh, those books don't sell. And, oh, you know. Hey, guess what? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's obviously not true. Uh, right? Like, uh, let's take a look at the New York Times bestseller list. How many women of color are on there? Of black women, which is yes. amazing, you know. And 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 so, yeah, like what I, the point I think is that activism works, yes. and you mm-hmm. get a lot of uh, pushback, and and it's very like well-intentioned pushback, and all you know, they're not. It's not always going to be like the Nazis in your mentions being like "fuck you" and everything else. You get that too. But um, you get plenty from the publishing industry who are like, well, I don't care about that. You know, and like, it's garbage. Like, they're wrong. And I've said this before, but I would honestly love a moment for someone who used to argue with us and probably still would to just come out and be like, yo, I was wrong. Like, these folks make money. These folks read. That shit was racist. You know, that would be amazing (laughs) because we really, like, had a lot of headwind and continue to about just saying, like, our stories matter. And these books need to have, like, our our pictures on the cover, you know, pictures of our community and all that stuff. And, like, but, yeah, we're here because we fought to be here. And in a large um, extent, we won. And I always qualify that by saying, you know, the, the lucha continues always. Like, we're always fighting. It doesn't mean we get to just be like, well... Diversity achieved. <laughs> yep. It's never going to backslide if we back off. It's all fun. I know. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing else to fight for. And I think a lot of people don't get that. Like, they're, when, they, when they're like, why are you focusing on this very specific thing? And it's like, because it's a step and we need to keep making steps. Even if it's right. not, we can't just jump straight to the end solution. Yeah. Exactly. And it's so deeply systemic. Yes, yeah, exactly. it's, it's systemic and it's, it's, it's everything. And it's historical. And we have to look at the past in order to move forward. And that's, I think, the part that, you know, like we've gone through now an entire uh, century and more of publishing being racist and erasing people, you know. And, like, we got to deal with that. It's all well and good that we've moved forward. And I don't think we need to get trapped in the past either or just, like, you know, whatever. But... There has to be a conversation, and, and and some of that conversation has to come from up in the executive offices, and uh, and publishing itself has to really reckon with what's happened so that we can move forward instead of just dropping the diversity banner and being like, we did it. We did. Hey, we support you, but only on Twitter. <laughs> oh my god! Not like in real life. Yeah. And, and, and I just want to say that about Twitter, it's meant to be the instigator of the conversation. Just because we have like. People talking about representation on Twitter, that I mean, that's great. I love us doing that, but it's not the solution to the issue no. by any sort of means. It's right. meant to get it's people thinking puzzle. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And um, coming from a publishing background, personally, we we have been talking about how much we would love to see more of Reddish Color behind the camera um, when it comes to the franchise films and the animation. And the same thing has to happen with publishing. It's really hard, it's a really hard industry to break into and there are not a lot of opportunities if, um, you know, you don't come from a privileged background already because they, publishing kind of pays peanuts. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, no, that's very true and it, it can't just be Look, like white supremacy, patriarchy, like heteropatriarchy, they come from all sides, right? Yes. So we can't, our solution can't just be like, great, we have characters of color now, it's done, right? right. Like, it, it has to, there have to be agents of color, um, you know, like PR people, it has to be across yeah, the Yeah, we were talking earlier about like how important it is to have editors who are of yeah. color to, yeah. yeah. 
Totally. Yeah, like it's not enough to just like hope that you find like that one white person in public. Yeah. <laughs> you know? There's more than one. I mean, I found a couple, and those are the folks that I continue to work with because they're dope and they understand how to, on the one hand, push me editorially, and then the other hand, fall back when they hit up on something culturally that they don't understand or don't have the reference points for, you know, or the range for. And that's what we need out of editors is people who can, whatever their privilege is, check it yes. and give critique. Right. And so those are the people I work with. Like I have amazing editors, all of whom are white and understand who they are in the equation and aren't afraid. Because the other issue is like if you get someone who's like, oh, I'm not that culture. I can't say anything at all. I must shut up entirely. I can't give you any editorial critique. You're not doing me any favors on that point either. Like every writer needs editorial feedback. So it's it's complicated. It's not easy at all. But like mm-hmm. shit, this shit ain't easy for us either. You know what I mean? Like, right. right. And it hasn't been for a long time. Right. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like this is a nuanced conversation that can't be distilled down to 140 characters. What are you talking about? How could that possibly be? No, 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 but can't remember. It's 280 now. We have the room. (laughs) My mistake. I'm sorry. You know, multimedia gifts and gifs and things in there. Oh, yes. so. no. oh yeah. <laughs> it, it does have to go beyond Twitter for sure. But Twitter is a good yeah. starting place. Yes, you know, like exactly. it's actually all yeah. together, right? Like that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of things wrong with Twitter, but I'm really glad that we can be like a shining light right. on this. Right. <laughs> uh, um we've got yeah. a about five minutes left, so I don't know if, if anyone watching the stream has any questions, but if you do um, please send them in. Please make sure they have a question mark on them. I said questions, not comments. So. <laughs> I, I always have to say that when I'm moderating panels. Absolutely. <laughs> give a dissertation yes. to the audience. I know. You're like, what the fuck am I to Ask a question. You can, I, you know, you want to talk, have your own panel. I know. But anyway, what do I know? Yeah. Um, I really think with the representation, people, especially um, especially white people, need to stop being scared of being wrong. Yes. Because you. we're not going to attack you. We, you, it's, you, you can admit it. It's fine. That's not, yes. that's not the yes. goal. No, we, we go on the attack when people double down and yes. refuse to admit that they're wrong. Yes. We're all learning. Like yeah. Everyone in yeah. this room is still learning yes. about something that they aren't a part of and they don't fully understand like it's and it's okay to say something wrong and then say I didn't know and I'm sorry I want to learn and I'm gonna shut up and be quiet and learn it's totally fine to do that so absolutely yeah that's true you know this is something I um I struggle with a lot as a writer and just someone who has a platform and I've just been thinking about this repeatedly over the past week especially is like how do you have those hard conversations with people when they're not? Um, I mean, at this point, I'm not even, I'm not, like, if a, if a white person fucks up, you call them out, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. I think it's, it gets more complicated when it's within our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I honestly don't know. That's why, you know, like, uh, when that article went up on uh, The Root yesterday, I was oh. about, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just have like really mixed feelings about um, calling out other writers of color and public, yeah. you know, by their name. Um, and I don't think that's a simple thing at all. I don't think it's like the right answer. And I don't have a policy of never doing it, obviously, because I did it with that one. Um, but I, I just don't know, man. Shit isn't easy. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's, right. very it's, it's not easy. There's no solution. There's no right solution. It's just a continuing working towards a better, better representation. Yeah. Audience question. Uh, Sylvia used Russ asked, uh, looking ahead at what's coming for Star Wars. What stories or characters are you most excited to see? Oh, <laughs> I'm legitimately excited about Solo. I know there's like, yes. big I can't wait. Uh, I'm super excited. I can't wait. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I really want like Hera to just be in Yes. Thank you. Best pilot in the galaxy. I mean, Thank she's you. one of the lived. You know, like yeah. we know she lived because she shouted out in Rogue One. Like, I, she's just such a great character, and I just want her to be in everything. So, you know, Resistance is going to be dope, I think. Yeah. I don't know if she's going to be in it or not. I just hope she is. She should be. <laughs> yeah. But you know, even if she's not, like, I'm excited about it because Poe, because BB-8, like, it's just going to be great. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Resistance is going to have a lot yes. of opportunities. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. the, the era that it's set in, like, there's 
so many characters that they can bring yeah. in and so many characters they can invent. And they did it so well in Rebels. You know, like yeah. all those cameos were so perfectly done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was re- it re- tied in really nicely. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know what I really want though is I want. Um, I want Sabine and Ketsu to show up in yes. episode nine, and like Gina Torres and maybe um, yeah. Ming Na yeah. or something playing yes. like the older yes. versions of that, yeah. and like showing up and just like showing the resistance how to do shit. Yeah. Yes. Not for nothing, I don't personally think that Mace Windu is dead, but you know, <laughs> that's not a canon. That's not a canon opinion. No, I'm just there's, saying. Like, there's like multiple me. instances of resurrection in Star Wars yeah. with Force users, so it's totally. Yeah, I think it's. Motherfucker can get chopped in half. And <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. Mace has a chance. Yeah. yeah, no. I mean, Anakin was like burned alive. <laughs> he's still he's still Darth Vader. So, sorry, I really want to mention. Uh, Kate, you mentioned Star Wars Resistance. I'm very much looking forward to that, particularly because it has. It looks like a diverse cast. It has a diverse voice actor cast. Yeah. That yeah. is a huge uh, issue in the animation industry. You often have like characters of color or people or in anime adaptations voiced by non-Asian uh, or Japanese uh, voice right. actors. So Wait, you I'm don't so think glad 13% to see of Isle of the Dogs is enough representation? Oh my, for- God. <laughs> oh my God. But anyway, I'm excited for Star Wars Resistance for that. I agree. Yeah. And it's yeah. the, isn't the lead, I think the lead character. Yes, Kazuka. Actually, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. most likely he's being voiced by Christopher Sean, who's Asian or Japanese-American. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, so we've got we've got a small audience in Suarez living room. So. <laughs> we have a question. We have a question from our audience. Hi, I'm just sliding into this to ask the question. <laughs> I just wanted to know like how familiar you were with Sana before you started writing the last shot. Like, were you familiar with her from the comics and everything? Yeah, I'm, um, moderately. I've read them. I knew about her. I'd read a lot about her online, and I'd read I think one of the comics. And then when I was like, "Ooh, can I put her in the book?" And they were like, yes, David. <laughs> <laughs> Which was amazing. So, ran, so like, excited to see her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love her. She's awesome. fantastic. She's amazing. I also love Dr. Afra. I'm sad that I didn't find a way to squeeze her in anywhere, she but it's fine. She's, a, she's an amazing character, too. They're all, I, I love, the Marvel comics are so good. Yeah, like, Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Y'all know I would say if I didn't like something. I don't. I don't. I'm not quiet about shit I don't like. They're all. It's all really well. Look, shout out to the story group. You know, like they just really just manage such a huge galaxy, literally, and they make it all work. And I, I love that stuff. The continuity no. piece is really clutch for me. It's why I don't mm-hmm. fuck with a lot of like. DC, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like we, we, I can't deal with that shit where like a character's dead and then they're not, and we're not talking about some like resurrection thing. They're just suddenly not dead anymore, and you don't know why. And it turns out it was another universe. Like, come on, man, I just can't. I, can't um, I, I really appreciate the continuity, but yeah, Sound of Star Wars for the motherfucking win. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as a lifelong DC fan, I gotta agree with you there. I think I'm, I think um, with Walter Hamada uh, leading. The, they, they've been doing some steps in the right direction, so we'll see if it gets better, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe. With what? Uh, Walter oh, Kamada is the new um, president of the film. Film. Um, oh, yeah, from DC, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so one thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> one quick thing about the story group that comes up a lot in our hashtags yes. is we'll point out the lack of um, creatives of color, and they'll be like, oh, but the story group is really diverse. And it's like, but they're managing it. They're not, like, writing it directly. <laughs> like, they're not editors. They're not. So they are important, and we love them, but yes. they are not the creators. I would still describe them as. Well, well, they're creative. Yeah, they're like, creative, but they're not. Yeah. They're, it's not their job to like micromanage every right. single racial interaction that occurs. Which some people will be like, "Oh, but there's one black woman, and she needs to be able to be on top of right. everything." And it's like that's she not. Has a different that's not her job. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Exactly. Complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we've got about a minute, two, two minutes, minutes left. Um, just really quickly, where can we find you online? Since everyone wants to follow all of you. <laughs> oh, um, the, the main the main side I'm on is Twitter, as you probably know. Uh, I do a lot of tweeting. It's DJ Older at DJ Older. Um, I am on Tumblr and Instagram and Facebook, and sometimes I use them. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> 
trying to get better at Tumblr, but it's probably too late for me. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> but Twitter is where I'm mainly at. And then my website is danielhoseholder.net, and that's where you can also find all of my books. I've written other books besides Star Wars, um, and mostly urban fantasy. I have a, a young adult series. I freaking love Bone Street Roomba, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. And then I have, thank you, I have an adult series called the Bone Street Roomba. And really quickly, in September, my middle grade begins. That's why there's dinosaurs behind me. Nice. I have yeah. great news about dinosaurs during the Civil War um, coming out. Middle grade yeah. is, oh my God. I can't wait. Middle grade is, you know, 8 to 12-year-olds, and, and it's, like, really fun. It's basically, like, kids of color on dinosaurs riding around New York City in 1863, oh and dinosaurs eat racists and stuff, and it's, like, really fun. So, um, check that out when it comes. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter yeah. at SwaraSaleh1. That's S-W-A-R-A-S-A-L-I-H-1. You can follow my podcast, Beltway Banthas, the Star Wars and Politics podcast, at Beltway Banthas. Uh, I'm on Twitter as Semi Rose, S-E-M-I, Rose. Um... <laughs> It's um, it's where you can find me. I'm always there. <laughs> I'm at Space Jess with four S's. Um, I'm also a co-host of Rebel Girl, uh, part of the MSW Podcasting Network. So you can find that at, at MSW Rebel Girl, girl with three R's. <laughs> We're very complicated with the, the multi-letters here. Too many confidence. So much. Um, and you can find me on my personal Twitter. It's LU underscore Satania because my friend likes to make puns out of my name. <laughs> and um, I'm the co-host of the Book Wars pod, and we're just Book Wars pod on Twitter. And we're going to be reading Last Shot later this year. So, <laughs> yes, join us for that. Um, and to close the straight pie, Daniel. Uh, uh, I just wanted to tell you guys to stay tuned for Costly in Non-Canon Bodies with Talon Kel and... Uh, Daniel forgot your last name. Thrill builds on Twitter. Um, they're really excited, excited to start, and it's gonna be at two p.m. So stay tuned. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Katrina. All right. So I think that is gonna. Start. Yeah, we're good. Go ahead and press stop stream. See you later, Daniel. Bye, Thank you, Daniel. Thank you so so much. Thank you.